Well, howdy, neighbors. Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Park of Agriculture's Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org. I'm Gary Cooper with the Cooper Charlet Farm in Granbury, Texas. We're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Kerry Martin. Hello, Texas. Thanks so much for taking time to join us for another episode of Texas Ag Today. All you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, a former Dallas Cowboy supports Proposition 1 on the November ballot. That's the right to farm constitutional amendment. We'll check in with former Cowboy tight end and Super Bowl champion Jay Novacek coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Is profitability achievable for farmers raising crops this season in the Texas High Plains? I'm James Hunt and coming up on Texas Ag Today, we'll bring you what a top agriculture economist has to say. It has been a tough summer for sheep and goats in Texas with the very hot temperatures and dry conditions, but there is a silver lining. I'm Tom Nicoletti and we'll go to San Angelo to find out more about that silver lining on Texas Ag Today. This is Chilled Herd in the Rio Grande Valley. Extreme South Texas gets much needed rain as the tropics start to get active. We'll have those stories and more in today's report. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Former Dallas Cowboy tight end and three-time Super Bowl champion Jay Novacek is throwing his support behind Proposition 1 on the November ballot, a constitutional amendment protecting the right to farm and ranch in Texas. Novacek now runs his horse and cattle ranch in Joshua, Texas, and says this is something he can easily support. It fits my lifestyle, and it also helps out the economy. With what we do as small farms and ranches, it has stability into the community, and you know it has a way of promoting what Texas really is. So to be able to have this Proposition 1 to be passed is not only just a way of life, but it works for us, and it works for the whole community, works for the whole state. To me, that's very, very important. And he believes Prop 1 will help protect the future of Texas agriculture. 
The future is something that farmers have always looked for. You know, they're looking for the rain to come or the rain to let up so you can get your hay done. You know, the, the future is always there. And then the even further down the future to protect this. So we have that in 10, 15, 20 years from now. That's what this is about. And that's what we need to keep safe. Novacek will appear on radio and TV commercials supporting the Right to Farm Amendment. USDA is awarding a grant to a Texas university to recruit more young people into agriculture. The U.S. Department of Agriculture has awarded Texas State University a $5 million grant to create a larger and more diverse workplace for agriculture. The grant, which will be spread out over five years, will allow the university to try to recruit Texas State students and students from local community colleges for paid internships with USDA and other agencies in the hopes that they will pursue jobs in agriculture after graduation. It's part of a larger initiative by USDA to recruit new students into the workplace as USDA tries to fill a number of vacancies. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. Cotton harvest is wrapping up in South Texas and the Coastal Bend. The latest crop progress report shows 13% of the Texas cotton crop now harvested. Central Texas is next on the harvesting list, but BASF agronomist Luke Etheridge says the crop there has endured a lot of heat and drought. They got busted hard. Probably one of the best corn crops or grain sorghum crops that we've had in a long time, all the way up in that central Texas blacklands, which is a blessing uh, for sure. But the cotton crop is definitely going to struggle up there as well. 12% of the Texas cotton crop now rated good to excellent, 21% fair, and 67% rated poor to very poor. Are there profits to be made on this season's crops on the Texas high plains? James Hunt visits with one ag economist about that question. I was able to catch up with Texas A&M ag economist Joe Outlaw when he paid a visit to Canyon this week. And with the season winding down, I asked Dr. Outlaw if he believes the opportunity is there for Texas High Plains farmers to be profitable with their summer crops. I'm going to be really disappointed if people don't make money this year. And it's not because of the prices they're seeing right now. It's because all year long they've had the opportunity to lock in prices using futures and or forward contracting for prices well above the cost, even though the costs are raised. Only in the last month have we seen prices start falling for most of the major crops. And so what I would say is, again, I'm going to be severely disappointed because there have been many pricing opportunities. And, you know, that's one of the things that economists preach is trying to protect yourself when you can and there have been opportunities this year. On another subject, we are all being reminded frequently that the current farm bill expires on September 30th, but Dr. Outlaw says there's still plenty of time to get a new one in place. We won't really need another farm bill till next planting season, and so you'll hear a lot of stuff in the press about this one expiring and reverting back to the 1949 Act. And frankly, don't worry about it. The government has never let farmers go uncovered, and it will all work out, but it's just going to take time. Dr. Outlaw, as a lot of listeners know, has worked closely with lawmakers for many years on ag policy issues, including helping to write farm bills. In fact, the current effort marks the eighth farm bill he's worked on. My conversation with Dr. Joe Outlaw took place at the Randall County Ag Day and Crops Tour. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. It has been a tough summer for Texas sheep and goat producers, but Tom Nicoletti says there is a silver lining. 
We go to San Angelo, and Jake Thorne is my guest today. He is the Sheep and Goat Program Specialist with Texas A&M AgriLife Center there. And uh, Jake, what have sheep and goat producers had to endure this summer with their herds? It's been really, really hot the last two months. Seems like we started off the summer pretty well with some rain through most of West Central Texas in the middle of May. But by mid-June, that stopped, and it was just 100-degree days from there on. It's been tough on the sheep and goats, but it's certainly been tough on the country. A lot of the grasses that did green up on that rain have turned brown and then started to mature out. But on the flip side, there's the silver line. When it gets really hot and dry like it is, sheep and goats uh, don't have to deal with as much parasitism. That's something that we dealt with pretty strongly in the first part of the summer. Gastrointestinal worms are one of the biggest health threats to sheep, and there was a pretty big problem with them through May and June. That pretty much cooled off. We're heading into breeding season for the majority of sheep and goat industry. So if we can get a little bit of rain, a little bit of cooler weather, that'll help. If not, producers are certainly going to have to turn to some supplemental feeding early on in the fall here to get their females up to condition to get a proper breed up. Goats tend to be browsed, so they prefer brush. Uh, honestly, they're at still been quite a, a good stand of brush available to them. Sheep prefer forks, so they like broadleaf grasses and flowering plants and weeds. Those usually spring up after some rain, so we did have quite a few of them early in the summer, but again, they dried up and pretty much disappeared. So it, it's been flint pickings for most uh, of our small ruminants. That is Jake Thorne at the Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Center in San Angelo. I'm Tom Nicoletti at the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Extreme South Texas got some much-needed rain from Tropical Storm Harold. Jim Hearn has an update from the Rio Grande Valley. The tropical season is finally getting active. Emily, Franklin, and Gert have all formed since our last report. None of those, though, of interest in the western Gulf. But a tropical wave has moved into South Texas, and that's brought one to three inches of rain over our area and as much as three inches plus to the ranch country north of the valley, northern Willisee and northern Hidalgo County. Well, we've seen a series of range fires lately that have burned several thousand acres of pasture, and the rain has certainly been a blessing to end that threat. Now, the rain has added some water to the reservoir system, Currently, Falcon Reservoir dropping to 10.7% full. That's down about 3.5% from, let's say, the last 30 days. Amistad also at 34.8% full. That's down about 2.5% over the last month. The harvesting and ginning of cotton, that continues across the valley, though it is wrapping up. The hot, dry weather has certainly been ideal for defoliation and harvesting. The harvest should be, well, ramping up in early September. That's our cotton stalk plow-up deadline as well. The citrus crop is also progressing. The rain has helped the fruit size up some. It's relieved the stress on the citrus trees, and the rain's also given irrigation crews a much-needed rest. The planting of fall vegetables continues now. Many growers are gearing up for the spring onion harvest season, and that will be with us in mid to early November. This is Jim Hearn in the Rio Grande Valley. Red snapper season in federal waters will soon come to a close. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And forage is in short supply due to drought. 
and that could cause problems with nitrates. Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Howdy neighbors, Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Park of Agriculture's Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org. The 2023 Texas Cattle Feeders Association Annual Convention will be here before we know it. TCFA invites you to this year's convention, October 8th through the 10th, at the Gaylord Texan in Grapevine, Texas. The 2023 convention boasts outstanding educational, informative, and networking opportunities. Register before September 7th to save on your registration and hotel room at the 2023 TCFA Annual Convention. Find more information by visiting www.tcfa.org. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Forage is in short supply across Texas due to drought. Dr. Bob Judd says that may cause issues with nitrates. Lots of forages have been standing in the field not growing due to the lack of rain. This causes the plants to be stressed and drought-stressed forages can be high in nitrates and could be toxic to cattle. Dr. Mary Drewinsky from North Carolina State indicates at Drovers.com that high nitrate forage can be grazed, but you have to be careful. Most recommendations for the level of nitrates in forage that are toxic are based on hay levels above 2,100 parts per million of nitrates. Grazing cattle can generally tolerate higher concentrations of nitrate than those consuming hay. Standing forage in hay can be tested for nitrate levels, and in general, the higher the moisture, the lower the risk. Gradual adaptation to high nitrate forages is important, as the microbes in the rumen that detoxify nitrate increase in numbers with exposure. Nitrates are mostly in the stem, and when grazing, calves eat the leaves first, so their exposure should gradually increase. However, this is not the case with hay, and nitrate does not leach out of the hay over time. Toxicity usually occurs in cattle that have not adapted to nitrates, such as those turned into a new pasture. Feeding cattle prior to turnout can help slow the intake of high nitrate feeds, and feeding a couple of pounds of corn increases the rate of detoxification of nitrates. This is especially helpful when grazing mature forages as they are more toxic. The high nitrate feed can be made into silage, which lowers the nitrate content up to 60%, but nitrate levels must be checked before feeding the silage. The forage can be made into hay, and grinding the high nitrate hay with low nitrate hay to dilute the nitrate is a good option. Do not feed damp hay, as it is more toxic. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Red snapper season in federal waters will soon come to a close. Jessica Dommel has more in today's Wildlife Report. After a 93-day season, the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department is officially closing the private recreational red snapper season in federal waters at 11.59 p.m. on Friday, September 1st. Under an agreement with the National Marine Fishery Service, the department can establish the opening and closing dates for the red snapper season in federal waters off the Texas coast. The department closes the season to anglers when the state's allotment of red snapper is met. TPWD reports that catch estimates through August 21st indicate private anglers have landed the majority of the state's allotted poundage for the year. 
Again, the private recreational red snapper season in federal waters closes at 11.59 p.m. on Friday. And while that fishery will close, anglers may continue to harvest red snapper in state waters. The daily bag limit is for red snapper with a 15-inch minimum. And as of September 1st, anglers in Texas will be required to carry additional gear with them when fishing for red snapper. Those anglers will now be required to have a venting tool or descending device to reduce barrel trauma and red snapper mortality. The devices are already required for anglers fishing for red snapper in federal waters. Descending devices are weighted instruments. When applied to a fish with barrel trauma, they help a fish overcome buoyancy by releasing them at a depth chosen by the angler where the fish has the best opportunity to survive. Venting tools are used to penetrate the abdomen of a fish to release any excess gases that may have built up when brought to the surface. Anglers who watch a training video on returnemright.org may apply for a free descending device. Returnemright.org. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. It's time to check the markets. We'll be back with a complete look at the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Howdy, neighbors. Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Park of Agriculture's Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org. The 2023 Texas Cattle Feeders Association Annual Convention will be here before we know it. TCFA invites you to this year's convention, October 8th through the 10th, at the Gaylord Texan in Grapevine, Texas. The 2023 convention boasts outstanding educational, informative, and networking opportunities. Register before September 7th to save on your registration and hotel room at the 2023 TCFA Annual Convention. Find more information by visiting www.tcfa.org. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. The cattle futures market traded both sides of unchanged throughout the session on Thursday. On the close, we ended mostly higher. October live cattle up 77 cents to close at 180.82. The December up 57, 184.80. September feeder cattle up 65, 253.27. October feeders up 80 at 256.02. Cash fed cattle market seeing some sales in the northern plains at 184 to 187 on a live basis. Some dressed sales at 290. Also saw some heifers in Kansas sell at 179. However, things quiet still here in the southern plains. Feedlots asking 181 to 182 this week. Boxed beef prices mixed Thursday. Choice down 72 cents at 314.37. Select up $1.49, 291.02. Now let's check those auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. This fellow right here is Doug Bass, my friend from Brenham. He operates Cattlemen's Brenham and Cattlemen's Columbus. Doug, how was the Friday sale in Brenham week ago? 
had a good sale, Mr. Larry. Uh, we ended up 1,452 head of cattle. Uh, market looked really steady on the calves and uh, higher on the pack of cows and bulls. Walk the pins with us. Yes, sir. On your weighing cows, thinner lower yielding cows, 62 to 85. Medium flesh cows, 87 to 94. Better cows bring 95 to 115. On your packer bulls, lower yielding bulls, 99 to 111. Better high yielding bulls, 114 to 129. Had a few little pairs. Uh, uh, 1250 to 1600 and a few little bread cows 900 to 1250 on uh calf market like i said it sure looked good again uh really steady the week before uh two to three weight steers 240 to three dollars heifers 230 to 262 three to four weight steers 235 to 320 heifers 220 to 285 four to five weight steers 220 to 325 heifers two dollars to 260 five to six weight steers two dollars to 260 heifers 190 to 241 Six to seven weight steers, 195 to 240. Heifers, 185 to 219. Seven to eight weight steers, 190 to 231. Heifers, 180 to 190. And your 800 to 1,000 pound steers bring 170 to 215. Hefferettes bring 155 to 188. Are you aware of anything for this next Friday sale? Uh, yes, so we got quite a few calls. Got some trucks lined up, a few loads. Looks like we'll have a pretty good set of yearlings coming. Don't know much on cows. Uh, just so far, just a bunch of powder cows. But uh, looks like we will have a great set of kids. Friday. Well, tell everybody how to get a hold of you. Yes, sir. Call me on my cell, 979-877-4454. Our call is at the office, 979-836-3621. Doug, thanks for being on the program. Texas Neighbor, thank you for listening. Farm Bureau, thanks for putting it on. This has been Walking the Pins. We appreciate you listening to us right this second on Texas Ag Today. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now. Arlene Hogs finished lower on Thursday. October Hogs down $1.5, $82.55. December hogs down 77 at 74.32. Class 3 milk was higher. September milk up 2 cents, 18.89 a hundredweight. October milk up 14 at 19.09 a hundred. Cotton market finished slightly higher despite a pretty good looking export sales report released on Thursday morning. But it was the end of the month on Thursday. Also, traders positioning themselves ahead of a long holiday weekend. We close with October cotton down 18 points, 88.10. December cotton down 6 at 87.82. March cotton down 1 point at 87.73. Corn market slightly lower once again. That hot, dry forecast still remains for the Corn Belt. However, the market has drifted lower the last couple of trading sessions. September corn down 3 quarters, 4.61 a bushel. December corn down two and a half, 478 and a quarter, with March corn down three, 494 a bushel. Kansas City wheat market was mixed. Soft wheat in Chicago closed lower. September Kansas City wheat up seven and a quarter, 726 and a half. September Chicago wheat down three and three quarters at 573 a bushel. In the energy markets, October natural gas down two cents at 276. October West Texas crude up a buck 82, 83.45 a barrel. The financial markets were mixed Thursday afternoon. The Dow down 132 points at 34,758. The Nasdaq up 55, 14,074. The S&P unchanged at 4,515. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this episode of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. 
Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Thank you.